Good morning, everybody. It is January the, uh, I guess the 10th, maybe. Not sure. Anyway, it's uh, Wednesday. We are into 2022. Very well into it. And uh, <clears throat> so much has already happened in 2022 um, as far as supernatural things. Um, there's been some coincidences that have happened, and I'll, I'll try to explain it a little bit better to you so you can understand what I'm trying to say. Oh, let me get my seatbelt on. <clears throat> I'm headed to work right now, so my alarm will go off until I put this thing on. Anyway, um, if you've ever been thinking about somebody and all of a sudden, you know, they call you on the phone or you're thinking about a name of something, a place, you know, and then all of a sudden you see it on the on your computer screen or or you pass a, a, a truck and you were just thinking of that phrase and it's on the side of a truck. These are these are unexplained coincidences that I that I have a lot of. Now throughout my life I've had them sporadically. And at times that they would come, um, I would always feel like what well, was just a coincidence. It was literally just a coincidence. You know, just one of those things, you know. Um, but in the last week I've had them in succession just over and over and over and over again. Uh, different different events, different things, more so in, in one week than I've had ever in the history of all of the coincidences I've ever had in my life. It was, uh, it was so bizarre that I had to stop and, and physically say to myself, what the heck is going on? Because there were just so many of them. And uh, I was just I, I can't help but think about it, and, I, and I'd love to give you examples, um, but it happened so quickly and so many times, um, they just sort of blended together in my mind, but one in particular, um, I, was, I was talking to a friend about a certain date, and I said the date, and no sooner had I said the date, I turned my head, looked to the left, there was a sign in front of a business that had the exact number of the date that I said, and uh then I was uh, in the living room and, and I, I was watching something and it was the exact phrase. I could hear my wife in the kitchen talking to the girls. It was the exact phrase that was just on the TV. And my wife had no, she couldn't see the TV. I was two rooms away. Um, there were other incidences too. I just can't remember them, but it, it was enough that I just, I took, I took a moment and, and literally just said, okay, Lord, what are you trying to tell me? <clears throat> What exactly is it that I need to know? Now, another another coincidence, I'll just tell you, I don't know if I ever shared this with you guys or not, but um, years ago, back in the 80s, um, back in the, the mid to late 80s, I worked as a, uh, a jailer in a sheriff's office in a jail in a detention facility. And um, I later became a 911 operator. <laughs> and then I eventually went to uh, police academy and got my standards. And uh, I used to ride with this new deputy. He was a young guy. He was in his 20s, mid-20s, I think. And uh, 
he'd let me ride with him. And, you know, of course, they didn't have any openings, but I'd ride with him because I wanted the experience. Well, we became friends. We didn't become really close friends, but we became friends. And um, over the years, you know, uh, as I worked there and he worked there, um, I'd ride with him. We'd, you know, uh, it wasn't like a, a real close friendship, but we were friends at work. Let me put it that way. Anyway, <clears throat> I left the sheriff's office and um, went to nursing school soon after that. And uh, he stayed. And uh, of course, I took a different route in, in my career. I spent 25 years nursing, and I was at the inauguration for Donald Trump. My friend and I, his name was Chuck, uh, he and I had not spoken since I left the Sheriff's Department back in the late 80s. <clears throat> so it had been a good 30 years, maybe more, and we hadn't spoken a word to each other, not one word. <clears throat> so I'm at the inauguration for Trump, and I have a friend of mine with me who's a photographer, and uh, he's an attorney by trade, but he's a damn good photographer too. But he uh, he had a lot of equipment that he was bringing. Obviously, this was a momentous event. He, you know, wanted to record it, and um, so he had a lot of equipment. Well, we had to go through the tents with the Secret Service, you know, checking everything. We had to go through security and all that because obviously we were inside of a perimeter that was supposed to be, um, you know, safe. And so I was waiting outside the tent for my friend because once you're checked, you have to you have to move forward and get out of the tent so other people can come through. Because there was, I would estimate there was probably anywhere from 800,000 to a million people there. Um, I know the press didn't say that, but I was there. I saw it. But anyway, I moved forward and I'm standing there waiting. And you got to understand that there were tents set up. These were like you know, huge, huge tents. You know, and there were probably. Oh gosh, 20 of them just set up, just in succession, one to another, and about the length of a, of a football field. <clears throat> and I, I came out of the tent. I'm standing there, and who walks towards me? But Chuck. I haven't seen him in over 30 years. He walks towards me. He's got this young, beautiful. Asian uh, woman with him who happened to be his wife <laughs> his first wife had died in a car accident and I think it was seven years later he married her but anyway he comes walking through and he looks at me and I look at him and literally we haven't spoken in 30 years or more probably longer <laughs> and uh, he comes up to me and of course you know we're 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 just you know trying to figure out how what are the odds that we'd run into each other all these people around and I run into him and um, he tells me that he's uh, running for uh, for the Florida House of Representatives. And uh, I said, oh, okay. And he said, you know, asked me if I still lived in Columbia County. And I said, yeah, I, I do. And he said, well, that's, uh, I, I, if, if you don't mind, I, I could use some help. And I said, well, I don't really know anybody. I said, but uh, I'll, uh, sure. And at the time I was on assignment um, and, or I had an assignment coming up. And uh, I had signed a contract, so I couldn't really help him then. This was in January, obviously, when the inauguration is. And then uh, he said, well, when you get done with your assignment, give me a call. So we switched numbers, and um, we parted ways, and I didn't speak to him again until the following July when I was up in New Hampshire on assignment. And uh, my assignment ended, I think it was about 16 weeks. I used to travel as a nurse. 
<coughs> and I called him up and I said, hey, I'm done with my assignment. Do you still need help? And he was like, yeah, I really do. It's, um, you know, we're in a, we're in a battle with another uh, Republican and we're trying to win the primary and we have a Democrat also running. So we want to, you know, want to make it to the general anyway. And I said, sure. So I was heading home and um, I um, made arrangements to meet up with him one day. And uh, next thing you know, I'm putting up signs and going to um, speakings with him and I'm taking pictures. And I'm just you know, doing everything I really can to help. Um, and he wins. And when he wins, he brings me on as his district aide. And uh, I was I was extremely happy because, you know, I, I like nursing, but I, it was starting to wane a bit. Well, <clears throat> so <clears throat> I go to work for him, and that was... Um, three years back in December. Well, last year, uh, me and one of my coworkers, he's a legislative assistant, a uh, young fella, he and I were talking in my office and I was telling him the story because he was like, how did you and Chuck meet? And I told him the story and everything. He goes, wow, that's, that's really cool. I said, yeah. I said, you know, what are the odds that I'd be there at that exact place at that exact time at that exact moment and the exact tent that he would come out and meet me? And uh, he said, I know, that's really bizarre. No sooner had I said those words that I get a text on my phone. I look down, it's a text from my boss, Chuck. He's in Tallahassee. No, he was in D.C. I'm sorry, he was in Washington, D.C. And he sends me a picture and he says, recognize this place? This is where I met you that day when we came out of the tent at the inauguration. Now that was pretty freaky. And of course, you know, my coworker was like, wow, we were just literally talking about that. And then he sends a text and I said, yeah, stuff like that happens to me a lot. And he said, wow, that is bizarre. And this was, I think, a year ago or maybe two years ago. It might have been two years ago. <laughs> anyway, um, that was just a coincidence, you know, and that was something that makes you kind of go, wow, that's that's really crazy. What are the odds of that? And um, there was another one that I was going to tell you, and uh, it was a similar situation where, you know, I was at the right place at the right time. And I'll be damned, my mind is just, it's, it's like a sieve sometimes. I swear, I think sometimes I might have early Alzheimer's. can't remember crap. <clears throat> anyway, I was going to share another story with you that was very similar to that. Golly. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Now I remember. Um, back when Bush was in office, uh, Bush, W.G.W. Uh, Bush, um, I, I had this crazy thing, uh, and I may have shared this on another podcast if I have, forgive me, but I'm just going to tell you again. Uh, I had this crazy thing pop up in my head, and um, I say crazy because to you it's going to sound very crazy, but for me it's just, it's everyday life for me, I'll just tell you. <clears throat> I was going to church in Georgia. And uh, attending a very small church in Georgia, uh, wasn't very many people there, but we had a really good uh, group of people, good core bunch of people, just good people, great pastor, great uh, church family. It was just awesome. If you've ever been in a really, really good church family, you know what I'm talking about. It's kind that you just don't ever want it to end, you know. And uh, anyway, <laughs> it wasn't unusual for the Lord to speak to me and tell me to do things, and, and it would usually be crazy things. And you know, excuse me, and I always thought, well, that's kind of crazy, you know, but I'd do it, you know, sometimes, I, one time I didn't do it, I'll just tell you that, 
But this particular time, the Lord told me to take my shofar and go to the White House and stand outside and blow the shofar seven times. Okay, and I know that sounds really bizarre, but that's what he told me. Well, I wrestled with it and wrestled with it and wrestled with it. And I didn't know what day to go. I didn't know when to go. I didn't know what to do. But he told me, he said, I want you to go um, this day. And I was like, oh, my God, this is crazy. And I told my wife about it. And I said, you know, I don't want to spend money to go up to D.C. and stay in a hotel and then have to do this. I'm embarrassed. You know, what if they stop me? What if they say I can't do it? What? She said, well, if the Lord told you to do it, you got to do it. So I said, okay, I'll do it. So um, a friend of mine rode with me. Uh, and we went up to D.C. and... Um, I uh, stayed in a hotel in, in, uh, in Maryland, just up the road, and uh, he and I took uh, the train in, and, and uh, I had my chauffeur, and I went to the White House, and uh, this, I went to the Secret Service, Uniform Secret Service, and they said, uh, what are you doing? And I said, told them what I had to do, and I said, I have to do this, and they said, uh, yeah, well, hold on just a second, don't move, stay right here. And I said, okay, so I did, and they, this lady went and found a couple of other uniformed officers and they all came over there and next thing you know it was a big crowd of uniformed officers around me and uh and I was just embarrassed I was scared I thought you know they're gonna haul me away in cuffs and, you know I'm gonna be under psychiatric care or something you know so finally they come to me and one guy comes to me and I guess he was a supervisor and he said all right we're gonna let you do this you're gonna do it and then you're gonna get the hell out of here you understand I said yes sir so sure enough I did it I blew the thing seven times, packed it up, waved to him, thanked him, left, got on the train, and couldn't get back to the hotel quick enough. And I thought, Lord, what in the world, what was I doing? What was so important that I had to blow that dang uh, shofar? I'm not even Jewish. I don't want to be Jewish. Anyway, I get back home, and I'm feeling kind of stupid, and I'm feeling like, you know what, maybe maybe that was just my, my conscience. I just, you know, I, I'm just an idiot, you know. Well, then I find out that um, I found out that uh, there was a guy in town who was a paramedic and um, Draldy was his name uh, can't think of his first name now anyway strange thing is when I left no sooner had I left blowing the shofar at the White House this guy from my same town okay he's a paramedic I'm a nurse weird right he comes up with a shofar and says to the people that he was told by God to blow this thing seven times too seven times as well and so I find this out years later maybe not years but maybe a year or more later and it just confirmed that I did hear correctly from God and so yes I still don't know what that did I still don't know exactly why that happened you know if it did yeah you know, we may not see the results that we do, but um, those kind of things happen a lot in my life. And uh, I just wanted to share some of that with you this morning. And uh, maybe you've had, you know, maybe you've heard the Lord speak to you and tell you to do things too. Um, if that's the case, then, you know, I always say just do it. You know, you can look like an idiot to the rest of the world, but if you do it in obedience to God, then, you know, you're in good shape. So anyway, I uh, hope you enjoyed that. Y'all have a great day. I've got to run into the office.